Hey friends, it's Jenna Overbaugh here. I'm a licensed professional counselor and I'm here to help you do all the hard things, including busting through your fear, intrusive thoughts, and worry so you can live your best life. Some of my earliest memories were being anxious and I lived my life that way until I learned more about OCD and anxiety. Since then, I learned as much as I could and I've been helping people overcome their fear and worry since 2008. Over the years, I've acquired some of the best education, training, and empowerment tools to help you understand your brain a little bit better and to finally overcome all of that fear that's been holding you back. Now, if you're ready to learn more, let's get to it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode here. We are talking about one of the most common questions that people with OCD and anxiety ask themselves that I want to completely just eradicate from their language when it comes to their recovery, why I hate this question so much, and what I would love for you to replace it with instead. So Really quickly here today, guys, this is just going to be a snapshot of, a, of an audio of a, of a little podcast here just to get you through. What I hear people with OCD and anxiety go through, you know, when they are in the trenches, they are going through the recovery process, they're trying to reduce their compulsions. What they're normally met with is this question of, you know, how much is too much to be pushing myself? How much is too much to be reducing my rituals, whether that's hand washing or touching things that are dirty or, you know, any, any example that you could think of, right? So many times people are asking themselves, what's normal, right? Like what do normal quote unquote people do? And I have such a hard time with that question. Like I totally understand 100% why somebody would want to ask themselves that question, why they think this would be a decent question and a good path to go down in the recovery process. And the intentions are great, right? Like you are trying to understand this new quote unquote normal. You are trying to understand, you know, like how I was doing things before was too extreme. They were too ritualistic. They were too compulsive. They didn't work out for me. You're trying to implement all these strategies. You're trying to reduce your compulsions. You're trying to resist your compulsions, the physical ones, the mental ones, whatever it is that you're trying to do to mess with OCD's pattern and get your life back. But you're probably going to be met with this, you know, fork in the road of like, you know, how much is too much, right? How much is too much to be not washing my hands? How much is too much to be, you know, not asking my husband for this type of reassurance, whatever it is. And a lot of times people will try to answer that fork in the road and try to use this question as their lighthouse of what is normal. And I get it. Like I said, I totally get it. But I think it's really detrimental to treatment because one, what do we know of normal, right? Like what does that even mean? We don't know what normal is. 
we have to figure that out for ourselves. Everything that we do, we've had to figure out for ourselves. Like, what is the normal way to make a podcast? What is the normal way to make lasagna, right? Like, there's a bunch of different ways. There is no right way. And there's no, like, guidance or, like, set kind of skills or, like, set in stone kind of language or steps that you should take or should not take. The closest that we ever got to this, you guys, was during COVID when we had the CDC, right? The CDC guidelines when it was time, you know, when we were in the middle of the pandemic and I was working with people who had, you know, contamination OCD or they were really worried about, you know, washing their hands. They were trying to resist washing their hands, but they were like, what's normal? Like what would normal people do? And it's like, we don't, we don't want to go there. We don't want to try to evaluate or even get lost in the what do quote unquote normal people do because there is no such thing as normal. We don't know what normal is. There may be a normal for your family, but that's completely different from other people. And like, there's no hierarchy. There's no like directory of what is normal. What is normal for um, do you wash your hands before you eat? Is it normal to ask your husband for reassurance in this situation? Is it normal to avoid kids when you have these thoughts? It's like, there's no such thing as normal. And even if that did exist, one, like how legitimate would that even be? Two, it may not be accurate, right? I think of like all these kind of anonymous uh, polls that they've done with people. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I know, right? Like we would assume that it is normal for people to wash their hands after they go to the bathroom, but I'm pretty sure they've done so many anonymous polls about this. And it's like, it is definitely not what you would expect it to be when you are asking those questions not anonymously, right? So like, we don't even know what normal is. What we might assume normal is maybe a complete fabrication of the truth. Like maybe those people are lying, right? Maybe we are judging what we think of as normal as just being lies that other people have told us or things that we are observing but are not necessarily true, right? So it can be just so complicated to use that question of like, well, what's normal? What would normal people do? It can just be so dangerous and it's not a good compass. So I don't encourage people to use that. It's not reliable. What even does that mean anyway? But I do get it. You need some kind of compass, right? Like you need something to kind of wade your way through these decisions. And it was great when we had the CDC because it was like, we want you to follow the CDC guidelines and not an inch above. So when people would ask questions about like, how far should I take this? Or when should I wash my hands? It was always, you know, follow the CDC guidelines and not an inch above. If the CDC guidelines tell you to wash your hands for 30 seconds, OCD owns the 31st second. But we don't have that. We don't have like our own CDC guidelines for how to do this or when to do this or whatever, right? When to break up with your boyfriend because you have these doubts that he's not the one. We don't have those like defined set of criteria of how to make this decision, when to do this. Like you're in it just like the rest of us, right? Whether you have OCD or not, we are all in this together and we can't get away from the fact that there is no other way than just trying to figure it out, right? We are just trying to figure it out the best that we can. Um, and so with that, right, when we are trying to resist our compulsions, we're trying to navigate treatment, we're trying to do things, but it's like, okay, where, where are we even like trying to move the needle to? 
instead of asking yourself what's normal, what I want you instead to be asking yourself, especially when you're like in the trenches of recovery, when you're really just trying to implement these skills, what I would love if you used as your compass is this question. What would be good for my recovery? Okay. And nine times out of 10, if not 99 times out of 100, right? Like you are going to probably know pretty clearly what the right decision is. So again, like it begs the question of like, what is priority for you? And I'm not saying that this is the only question, right? Like that this is the only question that you need to be asking yourself. Obviously, you guys are humans and complex situations are arising and you kind of have to use this as like one way of making this decision, right? Like one tool in your toolkit. I'm just hopeful that this question of what's good for my treatment can kind of replace the old tool of what's normal because I don't think that that tool of what is normal is a very reliable kind of tool. This one instead can be one tool that you can use. And that again is asking yourself, what's good for my treatment? What's good for my recovery? What's going to help me get closer to my goals? And you might not like it, right? Because it might not be consistent with what your anxiety wants you to do at that moment, but at least you know, right? At least you have that vision. At least you have this concept of what it is that you could do that would align with your recovery. And like I said, it's so much easier said than done. It's not a perfect process by any means, but whenever I hear someone who I'm working with and I'm asking people or, or they're asking me or even if I'm asking myself, like if I'm struggling with some intrusive thoughts or some doubts and I find myself asking myself, like, what is normal? What would a normal parent do? You know, what would be normal in this situation? It's like, there's no such thing. Like I can imagine that all I want, but that's not necessarily what is normal. And that's not necessarily what's best for me in this moment, taking into account the totality of the situation and the complexities of my life, right? Like if your recovery is of paramount priority and it should be, right? Like, because as long as you are putting everything into your OCD and anxiety recovery, everything else in your life is going to benefit. Your work is going to benefit. Your relationships are going to benefit. Your, your kids are going to benefit if you have kids. Everything else in your life is going to benefit. So I feel so strongly that your OCD recovery should be the number one priority, right? Um, because we know what happens when it's not a priority. And so by using that question as your main compass and as your main lighthouse, like where you need to go, you need to be doing what is ultimately good for your recovery. Now, that's not to say that you have to go all in and just like recklessly and ruthlessly do all of the things that are good for your recovery without any respect necessarily whatsoever to how you feel or your readiness level, right? Like I would ideally encourage everybody to try to do things in a way that are challenging but manageable. That is the most important thing want to make sure that while you're doing these exposures and while you are reducing your rituals, we want to make sure that it's challenging but manageable. I don't encourage anybody to put themselves into like a flooding type of situation. Um, but there's just a better question that you could be asking yourself rather than what's normal. 10 out of 10 recommend that we just kind of get rid of that because it's not reliable. We don't even know what normal is anyway. And that might not be necessarily what's good for you. So I think it will just lead you to feel like you are spinning your wheels in the mud, getting nowhere, uh, kind of going back and forth between all these iterations of what might be considered normal. Um, and meanwhile, we could just 
maybe try to move the needle a little bit closer to the scary thing, which is probably what's best for our OCD and anxiety recovery. So an example of this is, um, you know, I've been really open in the past about my intrusive thoughts and my history with intrusive thoughts, harm intrusive thoughts, sexual intrusive thoughts when it comes to my now five-year-old. I am so much better at it than at resisting compulsions and pushing myself outside of my comfort zone and generally managing and accepting all that stuff than I used to be. But when I was really in the trenches with it, I really, really struggled with just being alone with him. I like being alone with him was so terrifying to me. I remember even when my husband would go to the bathroom or even when my husband would go to shower, my heart would sink. Like, oh my gosh, like I have to be alone with him for a minute. Oh my gosh, I can't handle that. Like, oh my gosh, just the fear of fear. Um, And so anytime that I would be responsible for getting Eli after school, and then I knew my husband had to work late, I would relentlessly be asking him, you know, when are you going to be home? You know, I would do the math in my head. I would say, okay, he's going to be done at six. It takes 20 minutes to get home. So by 620, he should be home. And I would be looking at the clock. If it was 625, I would text him and say, where are you? Like just relentlessly unable to be alone with my thoughts and to be alone with Eli. And so five years later, Eli is no joke. He is five years old as, as of this episode in 2023. I still, because it was such a great exposure and it was something that I absolutely had to do, I have no idea when my husband is done working. Like we kind of laugh about it because it's not normal. I I don't think that it's normal for uh for like a mom and a wife to not know when her husband is coming home. Like I I really don't know. Like I couldn't tell you if he's done at four today or five or six or seven. Um, he might be done now and he might be on his way home. Uh, I have no idea because we made the decision that based on my rituals and based on my situation, how asking him what time he's done and knowing what time he's done, that that wasn't good for my recovery. We made the decision. I made the decision to not ask him. And I, I told him that he needs to honor that and not tell me. So, um, yeah, I have no idea when, when my husband's coming home. Um, and that might be something that is not normal. Right. Uh, and I very well could have, I never did because I knew this skill. Um, I could have very well kind of gotten stuck and well, it isn't, you know, what's normal, right? Like, is it normal to ask when your husband's coming home, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that would have at that point for me would have just been a total distraction from the point. Like, I knew that I shouldn't be asking my husband in that situation when he was coming home because, I didn't need to know. It wasn't something that I needed to know. It would have been nice to know, and it definitely was anxiety-related for me to know, but I didn't need to know. It wasn't good for my recovery to know that information. And so even now, that is something that we have maintained because to know that information, while it might be normal, it's not good for my recovery. And so with all of that, I just challenge you guys to think a little bit more critically, right? To think outside of just what is quote unquote normal. Again, I would say again and again that that is not even reliable information. You're working with a broken compass there. Um, So it's just not even worth it. I would again, bring it back to you, bring it back to you. What is good for your OCD and anxiety recovery? What is going to be good for you in the long run? And that might be something that's totally not normal. Even if we knew what normal was, it might not be normal and that's okay. Um, because we have to do what it takes for you to get better. We have to do what it takes for you to get well and for you to get your life back. So with that, I hope you guys all try to stop asking yourselves the question of what is normal 
and instead try to ask yourself what's good for my recovery. I would love it if you guys gave this a try. I want you to DM me. DM me on Instagram. I'm at jenna.overbaugh. Um, reach out to me. You can also head to my website and find some more of my workshops on there. My website is www.jennaoverbaughlpc.com. I would love to hear from you. I would love to see if you were able to implement this quick little swap, this little strategy, and I would love to see if it made a difference in your life because it definitely has in mind. So uh, so much goodness to come, you guys. Uh, there are so many awesome episodes kind of waiting for you. So hang on tight. Check out some other podcast episodes while you're at it. Share it with a friend. Share it on social media and tag me. I would love to see you and see that you're trying this stuff out. Be sure to find me too, like I said, on my website. I will link all of that in the show notes. And until next time, everybody, keep doing all of those hard things. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. It would mean the world to me if you would take a quick minute to please give it a review. And while you're at it, check out my website at www.jennaoverbaughlpc.com to sign up for my free email newsletter that includes an instant free downloadable PDF to help jumpstart your OCD and anxiety recovery journey. You can also find me on Instagram or TikTok at jenna.overbaugh. If you liked what you listened to here, you can download some of my workshops and courses on OCD, anxiety, and treatment at my website as well. Thank you so much again for tuning in. And until next time, keep doing all the hard things.